Hello, my name is Andrew Denny, and I welcome you to Couture and Construction, a weekly show dedicated to the people and stories behind beautiful places, recorded live in the Textures Nashville showroom inside the Nashville Design Collective. Episode 20, Photos, A Picture is Worth a Thousand Words. In our ever-expanding world of social media, photos are king. We consume images all day, every day. Over 95 million images are uploaded to Instagram every day. A truly astonishing figure. In our world of interior design and architecture, we spend countless hours reviewing the unveiling of completed projects, loving the opportunity to share and consume these tasty visual treats. So today, we are going to talk with photographer Caroline Sharpnack about how interior photography works and some tips on what we should all know. Caroline is an interiors and lifestyles photographer based in her hometown of Nashville. Caroline has an ever-expanding love for design. She's passionate about capturing beautiful moments that occur within a space and conveying through photographs the unique story each space has to tell. So welcome, Caroline. Thanks for joining us. So glad to have you here and can't wait to talk about what it takes to photo interiors. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, great, great. So before we start, uh, share with us who Caroline is. Tell us tell us a little bit about your life and, uh, and your profession. So I'm an interiors photographer. I've been photographing for about six years now professionally, but I've been shooting since I was like 13 years old. This is kind of what I've always known that I wanted to do ever since my grandpa gave me his old film camera at 13. So I got my BFA from Watkins here in Nashville in photography. And I got into interior photography because I interned for one of my teachers who is an interior photographer here in town. And once we started shooting together, shooting for like Garden and Gun and Lonnie Magazine, I was instantly hooked. I was like, this, this is what I want to do. And I've always loved interior design, so it made a lot of sense to me. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm from Nashville originally, and my husband and I live here together. Now, is your husband from here as well? No, he's from Orange County, California. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you. Awesome. Okay, so let's jump into it. Um, again, we're really excited to have you here. And this is this is a, I don't want to say a controversial subject, but it is an interesting subject in our, in, in our world of interiors. And, uh, you know, content really has helped a lot of businesses develop... Uh, has helped a lot of businesses develop not only a following, but a reputation. So the first thing I'd like to talk to you about today is copyrights, licensing, etc. Share with me, um, let, let's get kind of right down to it. Help me understand how that stuff works with photographs. Yeah, so copyright is essentially ownership. So the minute that I click that button on my camera, I am the sole owner of those photos. And generally, most photographers don't give up their copyright, but what they do is license out their images. So there's two different kinds of licenses. You've got a limited use license and an unlimited use license. So with a limited use license, which is what I give most of my clients, that gives them the ability to post photos to social media, they can post them to their website. They can use them to get published in like digital or print publications. And then with an unlimited use license, which is what we have with your work, 
is you can pretty much use the photos anywhere you want, however you want, wherever you want. The only thing you can't do without the copyright is sell my images or license them out to someone else. Mm -hmm. That's really, really cool. So um, as a photographer, where, like, do you and your photographer buddies, assuming you have photographer buddies. I do. um, Share with me, like, what are the topics of conversation about this subject? Because, again, it's a it's a pretty big subject, and and with my interior design buddies or flooring buddies, we have a similar uh, a similar conversation. Um, how does this impact your industry? And and just share. There's got to be sometimes frustration. Obviously, you're a small business, so that's the product you make. Right. So just talk a little bit about. Um, you know, where, where is the industry on this? Yeah. So I've never had any of my clients disrespect my contracts, my copyright, my licenses. The only issue that I think photographers run in from time to time is when you've got social media, you've got your photos being circulated all over the place. And sometimes you just cannot control who posts because you can screenshot a photo from Instagram Mm -hmm. and then you can post it on your Instagram. You can print it out. You can really do whatever you want. And sometimes it's so hard to catch those things Mm -hmm. and to make sure that people are crediting not only me as the photographer, but anyone else who's involved in, Mm -hmm. in making that image. Mm -hmm. So I think that can be a little bit tricky and I wish I had an answer for it, but you know how big social media is. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's just hard to keep up with that. So is that something that's frustrating in your industry? For right sure. Now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about the two different types of licenses. So uh, in full disclosure, Caroline does our photography for, for textures Nashville and we absolutely love her work and we love her editing. And as she, as she shared, um, because we're a kind of a recurring client and we do a lot of business together, um, our relationship evolved and, and we have, what do you call it again? An unlimited use license. An unlimited use license, <laughs> which, you know, is, uh, really something I love. Uh, so share with me, um, just kind of how that evolved and, and, uh, what the benefits for both of us are. Yeah, so the benefit for you is really that you can use the images that I take for you however you want, wherever you want, Um, and generally you don't have to ask me first. Obviously, I love to know where my images are going, and I love to see them published and all of that good stuff, but it's such a good benefit for you to, to have that unlimited use license because you really have free reign over what you want to do with those images. And then, so if we were to do a limited use, mm-hmm. does that have more to do with timing than the way you use it? The limited use license, it's honestly my most popular license. That's my standard, unless someone asks me specifically for more control over the images. Um Generally, the only thing that you would have to do with an unlimited use license is if you want to, I ask that if you want to publish the images, you come to me first, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to charge you extra for that because Mm -hmm. it's covered under your license. But if you want to like print your images for advertising Mm -hmm. or on business cards or on a billboard, you probably will have to come to me and get um, an extra license for that, Mm -hmm. which will cost an extra fee. Okay, cool. Cool. So I love kind of the aspect, and I think sometimes we forget, you know, 
again, as consumers, we forget there's somebody behind that camera. And that camera, you know, one of the things that I love about Couture and Construction is the fact that we're we're part of a small business community. The vast majority of the people I work with are small businesses. And I think sometimes it's really easy for us, even as small business people, to remember that the people behind the picture, that's a small business as well. Right. So um, one thing I would really like to share with with our listeners is just try to be aware of that, that this is how somebody makes a livelihood. It's a competitive market, and it takes a lot of training and skill and practice to to create these beautiful images that we all consume. So let's talk about developing a relationship and walk me through um, kind of how to understand if you're a right fit. Uh, and, and let's take it from a photographer's point of view. Uh, what do you look for in clients to, to make sure that you're a right fit? I think it's a two-way street. So a, a lot of my clients come to me through either word of mouth now, which is great, mm-hmm. um, or Instagram, social media, or even just like a Google search. And I always, always like to meet the person before I sign any contract and just make sure that like we're meshing well, like as people, mm-hmm. as humans, just mm-hmm. from the get-go. And I think that for them, they need to make sure that they're hiring someone who works within their industry. So if you're an interior designer, you're probably not going to go out and hire a wedding photographer who only does weddings. (laughs) You can, but I don't know. It might not turn out that great. Um, And for me, it's just, like I said, making sure I mesh well with the client, that we have a good relationship. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Sure. So um, you just brought up a really good point. There's all sorts of different photographers. Mm-hmm. There's product photographers. There's interior photographers. There's uh, Monday was picture day at school. There's, you know, uh, kid picture day totally. photographers. And I will say I've done almost all of it except for, like, the babies in the photo studios type of situation. <laughs> I've done a lot of different types of photography. So how did you narrow down to interiors? Well, so when I was in college, I, like I said, I knew I always wanted to be a photographer, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was shooting a lot of portraits in college, just kind of getting my feelers out there. I have done weddings before. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, when I interned for one of my teachers and I got to go to all these amazing houses and I've always loved interior design. I was like, this just makes sense. I think I'm better at photographing inanimate objects mm. anyways. Mm. So, And then I actually, after college, got into product photography. So I worked for a national home decor retailer for four years oh, wow. in their photo studio doing product photography. Oh, very And then cool. doing my business on the side as well. Okay. So tell me some of the differences between product photography and interior photography yeah. because as an example I think we've had you shoot like some of our new releases how does that compare to in uh, like shooting a scene product photography in a, in some ways is kind of similar to interiors especially if like for me I was shooting home decor for 4 years mm-hmm. so I was styling inside homes or inside a studio that looked like a home mm-hmm. So that was a really great base for me to jump into interior photography. But most product photography is going to be a lot more intensive with like the studio lighting. And it's going to be super, super tedious because you've got to get that like perfect, perfect shot of the product. 
whereas interiors is again it's it is very super super tedious but it's just a whole different thing you've got natural lighting you've got much larger spaces to work with so one of the things that's interesting to me in just looking at interior photography is understanding perspective. And I think that's the gift that interior photographers have is is the perspective in which the photo is taken. And um, can you kind of walk me through just how you develop that perspective? And is that something that you've trained yourself on? Was there training on it? Um but, you know, I'm always amazed, not only at your work, but at a lot of interior photographers. They just capture that perfect angle. Mm-hmm. And it speaks. There's detail. There's foreground. There's right. background, etc. But share with me um, how you come to a, uh, or how you develop your sense of perspective and how you capture that. Yeah, I think a couple things for me is I always walk through a space before I shoot it so that I can see it from every single angle. Because even sometimes after I'm like almost done with a shoot and I'm walking through the house, I see another angle and I'm like, wait, I have to capture that. So there's that. And then there's also like for me, interior photography is so much about clean lines. You have to have those perfect straight lines. And that's just something that personally I'm I've always been obsessed with is like super clean lines and I'm very, very type A. So this is something that's good for me. (laughs) So how long does a typical photo shoot for you take? Uh, Or does that vary depending on the scope? It definitely varies. Yeah. I have some clients like interior designers who have only designed one room in a house. Mm -hmm. So that may only take a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also depends on how well styled the house is. Mm -hmm. I have clients who have to go in and kind of zhuzh the house Mm -hmm. a lot before the shoot or during the shoot. And then you've got some houses that are just ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really varies. It can vary from two hours to eight or nine hours. That's really, really interesting. And you mentioned the word styling. And that leads us kind of down a little rabbit hole. It does. But one of the... So... As somebody that, uh, you know, we we provide and install high-end custom hardwood flooring, area rugs, stair runners. We have these really beautiful materials. And uh, we publish a lot of content. And our clients consume a lot of content. And our clients are, you know, everybody from that's going to be the eventual uh, homeowner to the builders and the interior designers. And... A lot of the ideas for for what direction they want to go stylistically in a home maybe began with a photo. So styling of those photos, or so I, I'm again, I said this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. So inevitably, somebody will come in, they'll have a picture of a floor we've done, and uh, this is exactly we love this. We absolutely love this. I'll grab the sample and then they'll say, is that the same thing? And I'll be like, sure is exactly the same thing. (laughs) And they'll say, I don't think that's the same thing. I'll be like, I know for sure. (laughs) This is my picture. We did this house. This is the floor. So my point to that is, is that you're capturing a moment in time in a stylized scene to showcase an environment. 
so talk to me a little bit about styling and a little bit about the theory of just capturing that moment in time. Uh, help me understand like what could be some of the differences and what makes that a moment in time. Yeah. So to piggyback off what you were saying about the flooring looking different, that really, it just depends on the time of day that you're shooting, the angle that you're shooting at. And that can go for not just flooring, but paint colors on the wall um, and really anything else. There's I will say there's so much color correcting that mm -hmm. goes into editing, and that's why. Because you've got, like, in the afternoon, maybe you've got that golden light coming through, and it's hitting something, and it's looking so weird, and you know that that's not really what it looked like in person. But, yeah, I think capturing a moment in time, it's it's so true because you're never going to get that moment back. That mm -hmm. moment only ever existed right then and there. And I think that's pretty special. Yeah, no, I think that's one of the things that makes photography so special is is that moment in time. And, again, where we go with that is I'll take that board and I'll lay it on the floor and I'll ask our clients to circle it. And I'll say, why don't you walk around this this sample and look at it from four or five different angles. Yeah, I think that's super smart. And they see four or five different things. And it's really about how our product is is integrating into that environment. So that's that's one of the things we do to help our clients understand, look, this is just a moment in time. Look at it from across the room. Look at it uh, with your back to the natural light. Look at it as you're looking into the natural light they appear to be completely different products. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about lighting, because I think that's something really interesting, and I've always somewhat been fascinated with how you shoot. And I don't know if this is normal or not, but you typically, we've walked into many photo <laughs> shoots where the clients have the candles burning and every All light on. All the lights on. Every light on, I'm every like, lamp on. I'm so on. sorry, can you please turn these lights off? <laughs> yeah, so tell me, tell me why that happens. So I am a lover of natural light. Mm -hmm. I I can do studio lighting. It's not my jam. Mm -hmm. I love natural light. I love working with it, finding light and shadows everywhere. So the reason we turn off overhead lights is because they cast a yellow glow on everything. Mm -hmm. So if you just look up at an overhead light, notice how it's orangey yellow. That's going to translate twofold sometimes tenfold in a really? photo okay. mm -hmm. so I typically turn off all those lights blow out all those candles and just shoot with the natural light oh that's fantastic yeah so is that something that you were taught or is that something that you just developed over time because of personal taste I think a mixture in college we didn't it was a fine arts college so we didn't really do much studio lighting mm -hmm. we kind of shot with everything we were given and it was mostly film too so I actually didn't even really shoot digital until after college which is pretty crazy wow. yeah um so how did you how did you edit uh, before Adobe. Well, <laughs> well, we did use Photoshop, but we had film scanners. Like we were developing our own film, we were scanning it in on these crazy, crazy expensive film scanners, and then we would go through and edit them in Photoshop, but not like to the extent that not I do now. Not the actual photo that, like, well, I the mean, negative. They had to be, yeah. yeah, the negative. Wow, that mm -hmm. is really something. So yeah. all of that has been replaced by an iPhone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so. Can we talk a little bit about editing? Um, as a photographer, you know, everybody pretty much on the planet now has a pretty powerful 
camera yeah, on them in at their all pockets. times with some pretty powerful editing software. Mm-hmm. So share with me what the difference between that tool is and the tools you use. Yeah, so I think your camera can be really great for behind-the-scenes photos. I love to use my camera on my phone for that, and so do my clients. Um, and there's some really great editing apps out there, too. I, I personally use some of them. And I know that there's Lightroom for the iPhone, which is pretty cool. But what I'm doing, it is just like a whole whole other level. You're going to have crisper images, cleaner images, I can actually put my camera on a tripod and get super, super sharp, precise images. And then the Photoshop aspect of it. I mean, I typically spend between 30 minutes and an hour on each individual image, just making it so perfect. Hmm. So it's definitely a lot more tedious. So if a photo shoot takes two hours, how much time are you having to spend editing and preparing the actual photos? It really varies. It depends on if we had good lighting that day. And it depends. It also depends on how the client wants the photos edited, um, especially with like compositing, which is where I take multiple exposures of one picture and then I take the darker images to paint in the, the background of the windows. So mm. I have a lot of clients that like to see completely through the windows to see the background especially if you've got like a really great view that's us yeah totally so and then the pool mm -hmm. (laughs) and then some clients just like it to be a little more blown out so that requires less work Mm -hmm. so it depends on how the clients want it edited it depends on what the the lighting was that day on the shoot um if there's a lot of touch-ups that need to be done in photoshop lots of outlets to remove that sort of thing do you have a preference for morning you know, middle of day or evening shoots? Like, what do you feel like works best? Yeah, it honestly depends on the house. So sometimes I'll ask the client, like, do you, do you know if this house where we're going to be shooting or like any specific rooms have any harsh light? Because they might have harsh light, like at the end of the day, they Mm -hmm. might have it in the morning. So it it really just depends. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I can work with pretty much any lighting scenario. Cameras these days are pretty amazing, so I can shoot in near pitch black and make it look pretty bright. Yeah. So it's really always interesting interesting to me being on a photo shoot with you. And it literally, you can hear the shutter click, I don't know, 10,000 times. And then I'll get nine pictures. Right. I'm like, what happened to all the other ones? Yeah, or sometimes I'll be standing there waiting for my my 30-second long exposure because it's so dark. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, really neat. So let's talk a little bit about um, costs. And again, you don't have to get specific, um, but share with us, like, what are the costs involved in in professional photography? Uh, how does that work? Um, you know, typically we we focus on the luxury market. Our homes are very very you know big and beautiful. But share with me just kind of cost expectations for using a professional photographer and how that works and what the breakdowns are. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that if you're a business owner, you should have some sort of budget for photography. Um, and typically for me, I charge anywhere, depending on the scale of the house, the scale of the project, anywhere from 500 to 1500 or $2,000, maybe more if I'm traveling Mm -hmm. for a single project. And it also depends on how many photos the client wants too, because the way I break down my cost is I charge a base rate for either a half day shoot or a full day shoot. 
And then on top of that, the client can choose how many images they want. And there's like a tier of um, how many images they get and how much they would pay for that. Mm -hmm. So they really have a little bit of control over how much they want to pay. So if it's a smaller project, say they only want 15 photos, they're not going to pay a crazy amount because I have this like sliding scale. So, so it's basically the actual physical time of being there and then the physical time of editing. Editing, yes. And that can, some projects like for us, I, I generally want, you know, five to 10 images yeah. to capture capture the floor but i see some other projects where it'll be the exteriors the elevations front back and side Mm -hmm. the details every room of the house and it's you know 60 70 images obviously that would be a significantly more expensive uh, process yeah it just depends on you as the client how much you're willing to pay how many photos you want what you want out of the project so we talk a lot about interior photography, but um, and that's myopic on my viewpoint, but let's talk a little bit about exterior photography. Um, I absolutely love seeing the elevations of homes, and they're just so beautiful. Let's talk a little bit about time of day with those, mm-hmm. and also what, what you kind of look for when you're doing exterior shoots. Yeah, so with exterior shoots, you have to be pretty picky about the weather. You want to have clouds in the sky but not too many Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't want it to be too sunny so you probably want to wait till that like golden magic hour or maybe even a little bit after if you want to turn the exterior lights on Mm -hmm. so that you can see those so it is kind of like dusk twilight totally yeah Yeah. okay yeah i love those images yeah they're really beautiful okay so um when you're shooting the exterior what vantage points and, and things like that do you focus on? Are you trying to just capture everything about it? Or, again, are you kind of looking for that angle? How do you how do you kind of circle and, and land on a place where, where you're capturing it? Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to get one, like, hero shot of the entire home or building or whatever you're photographing. Probably I would start with a straight-on full wide shot get as much in there as I can which means I'm probably going to be across the street with my (laughs) wide angle lens and then from there honestly I would just move around and I I like to overshoot a little bit that way I have options later to see like oh well I thought that that was going to work but it didn't really translate in the photo do you ever see um images that teach you how not to do it (laughs) I mean, I don't want you to throw anybody, but you know, a lot of times that's how we learn. Yeah. I mean, both ways I, I see images where I'm like, wow, that looks incredible. I don't know if I know how to do that. I should figure that out. Mm -hmm. And then the opposite too, where it's like, okay, that didn't really work for that person. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to try that. So how do you consume images? Are you on Instagram all the time? Way too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Way too much. I love Instagram. I love Pinterest. I read some blogs sometimes or just like Google search. I love to read magazines. Architectural Digest is one of my favorites. Domino Magazine, Lux. I I love it all. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. What are some of your favorite photos? Do you have any? I don't know. I mean, I'm like saving images to my Instagram and my Pinterest 
all the time. So it's, it's a big, kind of insane. It's a big but I am no, it's it's organized very well. Oh, nice. I'm super super organized, so I have everything categorized, and I'm probably on Instagram and Pinterest daily, just saving stuff. So, yeah. So do you do, um, for a lot of people, photography could be considered a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously for you, it's a profession, but do you, um, do any photography on a hobby level? I wish I did. I really <laughs> should because all of my art it's school like teachers would really probably feel shame like me. cooking once they get home. Yeah, no, it, it's a little true. <laughs> I, I wish I made more time for more artsy things because I did go to art school and, mm-hmm. and. I honestly, I have so many film cameras and so many undeveloped rolls of film that I don't even know what's on them because they're so old. I just need to make time for it. Wouldn't that be fun to see? I know. I know. So I want to, I know we're kind of running short on time here, but let's talk a little bit about vintage photography now. Um, What trends, so one of the trends I've seen as an outsider is people going back to, um, is it like Lycra or like Leica, Leica, yeah. like a, you know, vintage Leica lens? And, oh, when and I was growing like up, old school. Lamography, which is like a website that has all of these really amazing like toy cameras. Like I, just the Holga. I just want to pause real quick. When I was growing up, and this will show my age and Caroline's, we didn't have websites. So just go <laughs> yeah. ahead and continue. So it sounds so foreign to say, okay, no, when this, I was growing up, well, it was, we didn't even have remote <laughs> controls for the TV. Um, so This was like in high school. <laughs> this um, is like 2006. But I will say, like, I, I am a millennial, but I grew up with with my Polaroid that I got from Walgreens. Oh, wow. Like, I don't think they sell uh, Polaroids at Walgreens anymore, but I was obsessed with Polaroids. I have this old vintage suitcase that my sister and I used to play with and it's literally stuffed to the brim full of Polaroids of me and my friends oh, and just like awesome. I would go around my house the and original take pictures. Selfie. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. No, I I still love film so I definitely need to make time for it. So, do you see a trend in which so, you know, even on the iPhone, you know, you can do vintage warm, you right. know, whatever. What are some of the differences stylistically between digital and and just the old school like film and exposure yeah I feel like digital is just so much more crisp Mm -hmm. and clean and like perfect if you shoot with film you're gonna get those like beautiful imperfections that you didn't even mean to create Mm -hmm. you know do you see any trends returning where you would ever see interiors being stylistically done on film anymore I don't know. Seems like it would maybe be a ni- that, neat niche. Yeah, it would be very expensive. Mm. Film is incredibly expensive, much more so than it was 10 years ago. Really? Oh, I yeah. guess supply and demand. They probably exactly. don't make a whole lot of it. No, they don't. I think it would be too expensive. Huh, yeah. interesting. And I'm not sure if anyone would want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but people are doing shooting weddings with film. And it, really? it costs a lot more, but... I mean, if I hadn't eloped, I probably would have done that. You I do eloped? have some, yeah, I do have some Polaroids though. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. uh, you shouldn't have mentioned that because again, my brain is yeah. rabbit trail. Oh, we could talk about know. that all yes. day. I want to yeah. hear about your eloping. Share with us just real quick about, <laughs> about your eloping. That's well, kind of a bombshell report So that my, I'm sure everybody knows about that you're close yeah, with. Yeah, but, yeah, they do. Um, and there's, there's a lot of stories behind it. So my husband and I, we decided we couldn't really get what we wanted within our price range here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we decided, why not elope? 
in Big Sur, where we've never been. Wow. <laughs> and we planned it in five weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. So we went out there, flew out to Big Sur. Um, we got officiated by some guy that I found on the internet who ended up being so sweet and amazing <laughs> and helped us write our vows. And then we drove up to San Francisco that day and spent the evening in San Francisco, had dinner at a restaurant and had a little mini honeymoon. That's awesome. Yeah. And I also fractured my foot two days before. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Wow. But yeah. So did you get good photos? Oh yeah, for sure. The only people that were there were our two photographers oh, that's and they awesome. actually eloped themselves. So that, oh, wow. that was a destination elopement too. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes little me, fun fact. Yeah. That that's definitely a fun fact. It's so fun to hear people's stories. Well, again, a picture is worth a thousand words. One of the things that we have just been so appreciative of is is the content that we've been able to create. It's really very very rewarding to see. Uh, a finished product like it's incredibly gratifying and um we absolutely love uh caroline uh we love the content that's developed and uh we just you know love seeing these incredible images that serve as inspiration for people not only in this industry but stepping into putting their dream together okay so without further ado uh we're going to move to our rapid fire segment so uh Caroline, we do a rapid fire at the end of all of our podcasts, just so our listeners can get to know people a little bit better. Okay. Uh, we have not asked about marriage, uh, <laughs> how marriages went down, but uh, so so, but that's a good one to that's a good one to ask in the future. So, where is the first place you will go once everything is back to normal? Well, I feel like at least here in Nashville, things are slightly back to normal. Like I have been out to a restaurant once mm -hmm. or twice. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am going to the beach in about six weeks. I'm oh, going nice. to 30A and I haven't been on vacation in almost a year. Oh, good for you. So I'm good super excited about that. But also I really want to go to the movie theater. Oh, there you go. <laughs> My husband has been once recently and you have to wear your mask the whole time. And I'm just like, I don't know if I would enjoy the How movie. How do you eat the popcorn? Right. I feel like you just have to like. You know, yeah. quickly pull it down, yeah. eat your popcorn, take a yeah. step. There you go. But yeah, no, we love movies, so I I definitely want to go okay. back to the movie theater. Okay. That has been one of the hard things in the pandemic is that either we're consuming more movies or it seems like there's less movies. I don't right. know which it is. Right, and they keep pushing back yeah, the release dates. Yeah, they just keep pushing it back yeah. and, and again. So bucket list vacation destination. Probably either Greece or Australia. Mm. Yeah. And you went, so your last vacation a year ago was, was pretty special. Paris and London. Oh, so that's, yeah. that's not too bad, I right? I know. <laughs> okay, celebrity crush. I would say Oscar Isaac. Oscar do you know Isaac? Who that is? I do not. He recently played the pilot in the new Star Wars movies. Ah, he was also okay. in Inside yeah. Lewin Davis, if yeah. you saw that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very good. Okay. Favorite fashion designer? Probably Chloe. Anything timeless and chic and feminine is my vibe. Ah, cool. I like that. Okay. Favorite Nashville restaurant or type of cuisine? Oof. I love all food. My husband's half Filipino, so we really, really love Asian food. And I love Tonso. But I also really love Italian food. And I'm obsessed with pizza, which, if you know me, you're probably like, she's crazy because I can't have dairy. Um, <laughs> but I love, love, love the pizza at City House in Folk. And I will go have a stomach ache for that pizza any day. <laughs> That's great. 
Okay, what's the one piece of advice you try to live by? Um, it's not really a piece of advice. It's more of a phrase, but it's comparison is the thief of joy. I ah. feel like everyone would agree with, especially with social media nowadays, that it's so easy to fall into the trap of comparing what you're doing to what other people are doing and where you're at in life. And I try to remind myself of that daily is that I... I should just be focusing on what I'm doing, staying in my lane, focus on myself, and don't let comparison take away my joy. That is such an appropriate, like for somebody that creates content and and things. Yeah. What a what a great piece of advice. I've I've heard that and I absolutely love it and it is absolutely true. So okay, well Caroline, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing a great perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, I am Andrew Denny, and thanks for listening to Couture and Construction. Thank you for listening to yet another inspiring episode of KOTOR and Construction. Please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like us, please remember to share with your friends, family, and industry professionals.